committee, I welcome you with open arms. Is that so? How late do you stay open? You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. I hope they are watching. They'll see. They'll see and they'll know. And they'll say, oh, she wouldn't even harm a fly. What's up, everybody? You're listening to NoCo Cinema here on WGM+. We are your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago. I am Tom Hush. And I'm Connor Cornelius. And very excited to be back with you for another round of Chicago film discussion. Yeah, um, got it's a, been a bit. Yeah, it's been a little while. <laughs> We've been very busy doing Riot Fest things and uh, doing lots of other stuff, watching tons of movies like the uh shameful and uh disgusting rambo last blood you know there's i'm I'm really glad that filmmakers have the like the gumption today in this day and age to make mexicans evil and have sylvester stallone just murder them a horribly racist and xenophobic film that is uh embarrassing on pretty much every level but we've uh, also been watching good movies yeah (laughs) thankfully thankfully but uh we got a got a big show for you today a little bit later we'll be talking to chris Larkin from Metal Movie Nights. Uh, he's got a 35 millimeter print of In the Mouth of Madness coming up next weekend over at the Music Box. We'll have an opportunity for you to win some tickets to go see that. Uh, but right now, we are very lucky to welcome into the studio Molly Hewitt. Uh, Molly is a director, uh, a dominatrix, and performance artist. Uh, you may know them as Glam Hag. Um, if you're not following Glam Hag on Instagram, you're what are you doing? You're missing out because it's a ton of awesome art and performance and sort of stuff. Uh, we had the we had the uh, distinct pleasure of meeting Molly over at Destroy Your Art. Um, and Where she premiered a, a film that she had made and then promptly destroyed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which was kind of too bad because I'm still thinking about it uh, to this day. Yeah. I still am like trying to recollect the different images and things that I saw. So uh, Molly has a fantastic new film coming out called Holy Trinity. Uh, this is the story of Trinity, an independent sex positive millennial working as a dominatrix in Chicago. And after an incident of huffing her drug of choice, she finds herself with a newfound gift for speaking to the dead. A clairvoyant dominatrix. I know. It's it's startlingly original and very Chicago. So, uh, Molly, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming in. Hi. Thanks for having me. So, uh, tell us a little bit about how you got into the world of making films. Obviously, you are an artist on many different levels. You do performance. Uh, you do... Uh, you're, it's, you also said you're a dominatrix here. Um, tell us a little bit about what brought you to the film world. Yeah, I think that, so I've been uh, a video and performance artist for a while, and um, I was doing, I think, so throughout school, I went to SAIC, I graduated in like 2014, Mm -hmm. um, and I decided, my work was just getting more and more narrative, and then by the time I finished school, I made my first short film called Maggie's Problem, which is about a woman who falls in love with a sea monster. (laughs) Way ahead um, of Guillermo. (laughs) Exactly. It's actually really funny. Um, Mine is like shot on VHS and it's like very DIY, um, but they still like kind of the characters look like a little bit similar. (laughs) It's really funny. Um, So yeah, won an Oscar for that one. (laughs) Um, it's a it's actually a trauma film now, so you can watch it on like Troma's website. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, so with that, I was kind of like 
you know, SAIC has like a film video new media department, but they, it's not like a film school. And so I didn't have the resources or knowledge to make like a film in like the traditional way. And so I was just like, I'm going to do everything myself. Um, but then uh, I came up with the idea for Holy Trinity and I decided that I love the idea so much that I would only make it if I was going to do it sort of I mean it's not really like a by the book film but mm-hmm. it's definitely like a you know a production would you describe it as kind of following in that path you said things have become more increasingly narrative for you and when you're like, in your storytelling but would you say that this is a, a relatively narrative film or is it a little bit more of a I don't know avant-garde I guess you, you could say it's definitely narrative it has okay. like experimental elements but um Yes, it's it's definitely sort of a traditional narrative structured film. And just just hearing Tom introduce you and the things that you are involved in in the city, when you hear the premise of a clairvoyant dominatrix, you wouldn't necessarily think that most people would come up with that. But it sounds like something that you're intimately uh, familiar with. What led you to kind of what were the inspirations for creating the basis around the film? I think that um, specifically the clairvoyancy is sort of like a offshoot of a greater sort of thinking about spirituality within the film. When I first came up with the idea, it was much more about like um, this idea of someone huffing this thing that then causes them to uh hear voices and then this main question being like is there life after death is there a god kind of thing whereas now um along with my own thoughts about that um it's a much more nuanced concept that's sort of like you know highlighting the things that we just don't know but also looking at faith and what people believe in and stuff like that and it's got an extremely distinct visual style uh it's very much a a molly hewitt production um how how much did you personally uh craft the look of holy trinity because it's incredibly colorful incredibly kind of uh you know off center something is this heightened reality that fits this kind of odd concept of uh someone who can speak to the dead after taking drugs but um how much of that was you bringing uh, a full range of your control to it and how much collaboration was happening as well on the set to get the look of holy trinity yeah so i was always thinking to myself like how would i make a film and like not be the production designer at the same time like mm-hmm. i'm definitely a control freak when you look at my resume <laughs> everything i do is very like i like to be in charge <laughs> well you you wrote this film you uh directed it you star in the film as trinity yeah i, I mean. actually didn't originally want to be trinity um i am a performer and i do really love acting but i wanted to be able to like you know properly direct um but i realized quickly that I don't know how I would have been able to make it if I had mm-hmm. an actor playing that role. Um, I would have just, yeah, because a lot of the film, a lot of the scenes were filmed really like on the fly with just me and the DP, and it would have been a lot more difficult to do that super low budget if I had someone else and like finding someone who had chemistry with the other actors when I could have just done it myself well that's kind of a calling card too of the filmmakers in the city is they wear many hats but it's nice that you kind of were afforded the opportunity to to wear many hats but you could have also kind of like taken a back seat and become well not a back seat but 
just focused on being the director um but there is another aspect of the movie which this so this film is produced by full spectrum features correct Mm -hmm. and uh they've been doing this kind of giveaway for tickets to the premiere and it's focused around uh kind of i don't know is it your your other personality or like your alter ego or something glam hag right yeah there are these sort of like an alter ego i think so there are these things throughout the film glam brand Mm -hmm. products so you're kind of you're kind of like selling your other brand within this film what kind of i don't know what led you to meld those two things um well and this connects to the the production design question as well but i so my production designer his name is mood killer and is probably like the only person who i would trust to make something look like truly the way that i want it to but probably well not probably but better um just like crank it up and you know because like my aesthetic can be a little bit like sloppy sometimes and like messy Mm -hmm. and they definitely sort of like tighten the screws a little bit um but we wanted to have a uniform brand throughout the film so that everything was like within the world of the film you know thinking about like repo man and like other films where they have this very like uniform just to like fully also to not worry about you know branding stuff but just to keep it within this universe um and i wanted to incorporate Glamhag in some way. It's the film is produced by Glamhag Productions is also a company that produced the film. Oh, okay. So it's this very like meta thing. Um and so yeah, we came up with Glam Brand and it was a little bit of a weird decision at first because Glam Brand which th- is throughout the film is kind of this like monopolizing company which is kind of that th- it's like slowly taking over everything and you look around and suddenly everything is Glam Brand and it's like too late and it's very kind of it's like dystopian but also very similar to a lot of things that are happening right now with companies sort of monopolizing stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely like a decision to make my own personal brand this like evil corporation. <laughs> well, it's funny too that it's producing the company. It's, it's like them produ- yeah. forcing you to do uh, product placement yeah. for them throughout the whole movie. Yeah. It's, but it's me. It's <laughs> super fun. It, it, well, it's all Molly. Yeah. And that's what I meant about, uh, you know, this kind of uniform vision. It's It feels like a Molly Hewitt production. It feels like it's a lot of parts of you coming into this into this single film that uh it's it's premiering at the music box next week uh yes. next weekend uh i believe the after the selling tickets the after party is sold out yeah but uh you can still see the film itself which we highly recommend you want to get out there it's over at the music box theater you can uh check out tickets there and also follow uh full spectrum features for more details on that um one, one of the interesting things about this movie is that the one of the executive producers is joe swamberg uh a, a chicagoan and someone um well known to many uh a figure of indie cinema specifically for mumblecore fans if, yeah. if that's the terminology you like to use but uh this is not the first time you two have worked together you appeared in an episode of netflix is easy correct yes and you appeared as a dominatrix in in, in an episode mm-hmm. so uh how did you two meet it was it on the set of easy and how did you land that gig um we met just through mutual friends and um joe knew what i did as a profession and asked me to be in that episode was it uh, a a good set to be on was he asking questions because i know there's a lot of misconceptions about that world and i feel like that episode tried to tried to veer into that so mm-hmm. how much did you say hey i'm gonna tell you 
how this should be and how people would normally act in this situation yeah i was super happy with how everything went because i was actually hired as like a consultant so i wasn't just asked about how to make things look well good i was paid to like make sure that because i think it was it was both it was like joe and everyone on the team wanted to represent things well and make sure no one was offended but also like show like a bdsm party in a positive light but also and also like you know you don't want to especially now when people are paying attention to that stuff it's like this is just how you got to do things now Mm um and yeah it was really cool i got to like really sort of put my ideas forward and i like initially the first thing i said was was that i wanted it to be a femdom party um so just all female or femme dominance mm-hmm. um and like male submissives because that's just like unusual you don't normally see that and i think maybe the initial story was maybe leaning in the direction more of um the complete opposite or sure. more of a mix and i'm like people want to see that on tv because <laughs> <laughs> my understanding of easy is that it's fairly improvisational right there's a lot of yeah. it's very free form and structure so it's interesting because like tom said there's a lot of misconceptions about the bdsm role and and so i could have kind of imagined it being difficult but that's great to hear that they hired you on as a consultant as an and as an actor yeah it was really awesome i was super happy with how it went down and everybody on set was it was really cute like i mean everybody who was performing um is involved in bdsm communities in one way or another and also like all of the crew were wearing like collars and have like <laughs> rope bondage oh, on. Nice. and so it didn't feel like this sort of weird othered thing like it was very celebratory so which it, was really cool it was an it was an actual party on the set is what it felt like um speaking yeah, of parties the the fl- first place that i met you was the makeout party premiere from emily esperanza mm-hmm. and i think that there was a trailer for holy trinity at the time but this was i don't know like several years ago is that right yeah I think it wouldn't have been a trailer. It would have been like a... We had kind of like a little promo proof of concept and we'd shot one scene okay. mm-hmm. of the film and that was like two years ago. Yeah, because you were in Makeout Party as yeah. the host of the titular the Makeout, makeout Party. party. <laughs> um, so how long has this movie been kind of in production? So we shot this like proof of concept in 2017 um, and then had a fundraiser and then the following summer we shot it um and now it's showing and so it's kind of like each summer there's been like a milestone so i guess it's like three years total in terms of like then the it gestating and being written before yeah i mean that seems like a pretty standard amount of time though for a feature film Mm -hmm. um so it does sounds like it didn't go too poorly and now we're gonna all get to see it at the music box yeah uh friday uh september 27th 9.45 p.m. And it's going to be in the main theater. So the nice, big, beautiful theater you'll get to see Molly's uh, colorful and original vision brought to life on the screen. Um, When, you know, if you if you could say something to uh, people who are curious about Holy Trinity, um, you know, what what kind of movie are they are they going to see here? What what would be your elevator pitch to someone who's like, oh, you know, I've never seen a movie about a dominatrix that can speak to the dead before. What uh, what what's what's, what's going to bring people to uh, embrace the Holy Trinity as they should? 
I would say that this film is um, it's exciting to me because you know all of the characters are um, queer and it has a lot of elements of these like BDSM dynamics but it's not about that it's about this sort of coming of age spiritual journey that she goes on and all of the characters just you know I mean they're all my friends in my community um, and it's a weird film and you're getting to see people on screen that you don't normally see and it's funny and I would say especially in terms of my uh, encouragement to go to the premiere um, the cast and crew will be there and so it'll be much more of like a riot and fun energy I don't know an I, actual riot it'll be an actual riot yeah. well, <laughs> everyone's mean, gonna be like laughing and seeing themselves on screen and so it's gonna be super fun and there's also uh, an encore screening the following Tuesday oh spectacular on, the f- October first at seven PM at so the music box. Two chances, awesome. two chances to go see Holy Trinity. Do you want to go to the premiere? <laughs> yeah, the premiere is going to be where the party, the riot, the is riot. going to be. There's going to be a literal riot, <laughs> started um, by Oscar Award winner Molly Hewitt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for originating the Shape of Water. Yeah, I, I do. I do love that uh, you beat uh, Guillermo to the punch. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> these I people too i love that about me as well <laughs> <laughs> that's why we brought you on exactly I mean. and and you know when it comes to films like holy trinity and every and everything that you're doing and a lot of the other films you've been involved in um i saw that you were also art direction for uh i miss jamie when she's gone yeah which was a spectacular short um we had uh, uh it, it, remind me who who made that ashley thompson. ashley thompson and yeah. ashley edited my film really yeah so see this is this uh you're this, seeing it but you're seeing the behind the scenes here guys exactly mm-hmm. and um when i talked to ashley we we had her in uh in studio um it seems like the chicago film community is very strong right now very committed to each other and i, I love that you mentioned that people People are going to be in the theater seeing themselves on screen and it's going to be a very big uh supportive mood it seems like um and i'm very ready for it very ready to see it uh molly thank you so much for coming on the show thank you so much for having me all right we'll be right back everybody uh chris larkin is going to be here talking about metal movie nights another fantastic event at the music box theater uh coming up the day after holy trinity so you're going to go see holy trinity on Mm -hmm. friday you're going to go to the premiere participate in a riot and then you're going to pick uh, yourself up (laughs) get off the floor check yourself out of the hospital and and then go see uh some very metal stuff at the music box uh that's coming up next here on noco cinema Welcome back, everybody. NoCo Cinema, WGM Plus, your guide to cinema here on the city of Chicago. Tom Running Hunch. down the list, Connor Cornelius. Running down the list. Yeah. Uh, thanks again to Molly for joining us. Uh, again, Holy Trinity coming up on Friday, September 27th. That's this Friday. 
9.45 p.m. And this could be the big main theater at the Music Box Theater. But speaking of the Music Box, uh, we're very That excited. very next day. Very next day, you're going to see uh, John Carpenter's classic, 1993, 94? 94, I believe. 94. One of the greatest films ever committed to celluloid <laughs> it's uh in the mouth of madness is going to be playing on 35 millimeter print at the music bo- music box that's going to be saturday the 28th and that's going to be part of metal movie nights now you remember chris larkin uh the fantastic creator and uh showrunner of metal movie nights uh you were here not that long ago chris so we're really glad to have you back thank you for having me back yeah it's been about what, two months maybe yeah, yeah yeah so uh i remember last time we had you on i think you mentioned that this might have been happening I- yeah they there was uh the hope to move into the big theater which we have so we moved out of the screening room into the the main theater um and this was more on their you know their I, I gave them my crazy list of movies to show and i think last time was highway to hell so they're kind of like yeah but we go a little more mainstream on this one <laughs> or uh you know something somebody's watched at one point and wants to see again i'm like all right cool you know then then they just uh ryan the gym was like we're planning on maybe doing in the mouth madness if you'd like to do that that's all you yeah all right you know i'm down we're yeah. down so even though they asked you to go a little bit more mainstream i mean you still picked a pretty good probably underseen gem of carpenters yeah and i there was let me i'll make it clear there was never that discussion of make it mainstream oh okay but in my mind i was like yeah that's Maybe probably that. a good idea okay you yeah. know yeah. let's get, expand a little bit expand get some people out there i can always reel it back in and you know make people sit through whatever you know <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i thought this was this was a great opportunity uh also they're offering the main theater this time so you know i couldn't turn that up you know and this is a great movie to see uh on the big screen for those of you who have never seen in the mouth of madness uh it is a a meta horror of sorts um not in the vein of like scream or something but i'd say this is a, a movie that really aims to fuck with your conception of reality yeah. and really uh turns in on itself madness is the key word here uh right. a couple levels too because isn't the reason that he called it in the mouth of madness didn't the project originally start off as an adaptation of lovecraft's uh in the mountains of madness isn't that i don't know if it start i it's I don't know if it started that way. It's it's definitely there uh, is Lovecraftian elements to yeah. this film. Yeah, that I've heard. Yes. Yeah, it's it's for you know basic basic plot is there's a guy a writer named Sutter Kane who is a H.P. Lovecraft Stephen King type right. uh, who has gone missing and an insurance agent played by Sam Neill, aka Doctor Alan Grant from Jurassic Park from Jurassic Park. Okay. And one for the wilder people, if you're not into the whole, you know... Dinosaur thing. Dinosaur thing. But uh, Sam Neill is sent off to find out where he is to protect the publisher's assets, which Sutter Kane is considered. Uh, from there, things just get super-duper weird, and, yeah. uh, you know, Chris... It's, it's definitely one of those movies where they're not... They're also trying to fuck with their viewer, I would yeah. say. You know, I, I watched it a couple weeks ago to refresh, and it's definitely one of the ones where... 
you know, oh, he woke up from a dream. No, now he's waking up from a dream. No, now he's waking. No, now he's waking up for a dream. It's like Jesus, you know. Yeah. But it's definitely one of those movies where he was really wanting to question pretty much everything. You know, he wants the viewer to question everything that's going on in the movie. Is it real? Is it fake? Because that's what Sam Neill's character is also going through is questioning mm-hmm. the reality of what's going. On. I mean, I don't know how many times he says the word reality yeah. in that movie, but it's <laughs> I know, you know what's real. Yeah, you could probably, <laughs> you know, real or reality. You could probably turn that into a drinking game and get real messed up. Oh, my get God. reality messed up. Yeah. Get reality messed up. Uh, th- something I find really interesting about In the Mouth of Madness is that much like uh, John Carpenter's other works, he refuses to really try. He doesn't tell you what it's about outside of the plot. Like right. if you were to if you were to ask him about what's the thing about, he's like, well, there's an alien and it's Antarctica. Like he 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 doesn't really care about explaining himself not as aggressively as someone like david lynch but in the same realm where he's just like you know i just make movies man whatever gets into him gets into him well hey and he's a busy guy he's he got to score his films he's got to direct them yeah. he's got to smoke weed and play video games with his kids speaking yeah. of which the score in this movie is one of the it's hilarious it's like heavy metal like 80s heavy metal with like the theme is just this ripping guitar yeah. riff yeah. yeah i noticed that yeah when i was watching i was like that's eh, kind of heavy getting yeah. heavier and you know i'm like still 80s ish even though it's mid 90s yeah. but you know still you know still rocking you know. uh where would you say this this ranks in terms of uh carpenter's filmography because we have a guy that has some astronomical highs but also some pretty deep lows uh and i know there's people out there that would listen to this that'd be very upset because they're such carpenter heads but the guy's not perfect uh no filmmaker is perfect and i think he'd be the first to admit that but uh this is an interesting one um when we're talking about the guy who made classics like halloween he basically helped invent the slasher genre as we know it and um you know the thing and so many other uh fantastic films escape from new york where where does the in the mouth of madness fit in the canon i mean to me it falls right but right below all those you know the obvious classics sure i love the thing um halloween all that type of stuff it's it's one of those movies where you know a lot of people can say it's perfect or to me it's almost perfect it's right there it's great i i love it because it's it's not what you're going to see all the time everybody shows halloween everybody does the thing everybody does all the yeah. type of stuff this one is good is is great and you know you don't get to see it that much no it kind of came and went people were maybe expecting too much or whatever but it gets crazy it's crazy special effects you know he's got great practical effects in this movie as well it's a lot probably of the fun. most yeah yeah i mean probably out of you know other than the thing i mean i'm thinking back like you know practical effects he's always been great at that you know in terms right? of body horror this yeah. must have the most in it i yeah. kind of, I, it must be yeah, yeah. maybe well, on a smaller scale but and it's it's certainly the most esoteric in a way because especially once uh the the story crosses over into uh sam neill getting to hobbs end and figuring you know following sutter kane into the town and things start to get really weird yeah. like i would say this is probably about as weird as john carpenter gets yeah, and it's so compelling too i think that i think that when filmmakers try to capture madness what that looks like or what maybe more accurately what it would feel like and still have it be entertaining just sounds like such a difficult task to me but he mm-hmm. does it with all of the like 80s panache that you possibly could have oh, yeah. and it's i don't know it's like my favorite just in general approach to like 
trying to show what madness would look like through this lens of just mm. like this VHS film grain, you know, like yeah. it, there's no reason that I should like it as much as I do, but it, it's just like, I don't know. It's just like candy to me when yeah. I watch it. Oh yeah. I mean, it hits all those points that you want it to hit. Yeah, it does. I mean, you know, just all the crazy creatures and the, the performances by everybody. It's you know it's it's definitely full on John Carpenter. It's, yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's I would not to be cruel to John Carpenter, but it's the last great movie he made. Um, you know, because really after that you get what Ghosts of Mars in the early two thousands. Yeah, and he that, made what two movies after that? He made three? two movies after that, and that was it. And uh, you know, he did a little thing for the Masters of Horror uh mini series on showtime like an hour like a, body bags no uh oh yeah body bags i forgot he did body bags he was involved with body bags um I, body bags is good yeah. there's good stuff with that um but yeah. holistically like holistically, when you think of john carpenter as a yeah, filmmaker i think this is like the last truly great movie he made um because pretty much after this is like kind of the eh, law of diminishing returns uh in the in a pretty bad way um Chris, I wanted to ask, where did you guys get the 35 millimeter print from? Where, how'd you guys track it down? That I don't know. That's Music Box. Oh, that's Music that's, Box. Yeah, they, I mean they're, they're great at it. Yeah, I mean they did a screening of this maybe a few years ago, um, and I looked up, and that was also a 35 millimeter print. So probably who knows? Probably yeah. print floating around. Um, I imagine it's in great condition uh, yeah. because this is not a movie that a ton of people. It wasn't exactly getting played right. a ton in it when it came out. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I would imagine it would be. I mean, even for them just to want to show it, I would imagine it has to be pretty good. It's, and to choose, I mean, I know everyone wants the 35 millimeter, the original formats and stuff, but mm-hmm. there is a 4K rest, restored DCP out there as well. And they uh-huh. chose, you know, we've chose the 35 millimeter instead of that just to go with you know originality yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the quality of it you know that's something that i think uh people forget that there's a a certain quality of the film uh, a, a timbre yeah if you will, if you will. i won't <laughs> there's Tom, a warmth there's up. a warmth to it that yeah. i will i will admit i seen what i just saw once upon a time in hollywood i seen it dcp and 35 millimeter just to compare them you know yeah just in my mind just to watch one and the other and the 35 millimeter is warmer it moves a little smoother um they both have their benefits i'm not gonna i'm not picky over that type of stuff but it's cool to hear that too because i mean it's sort of like oh do i listen to it on cd or do i listen to it on vinyl it's sort of you know the difference between the mediums are interesting to hear from somebody that actually knows what they're talking about you know yeah i there's a clarity to you know uh movie making nowadays uh with dcp and uh, hd and 4k and who knows what k's that they're coming out with next but (laughs) There is a clarity and coolness to it. I appreciate all of the, you know, how they're able to uh, go widescreen and then pan to a bigger screen, do all crazy stuff with yeah. the action movies and everything. But um, yeah, there's there's a clarity to it. Yeah, there, like and there you, just is. You're not gonna, and it depends on what kind of movie you're watching. I feel like with horror, horror always seems to live a little bit better on film if you can get it. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, horror is also the I, I like to call it the working man genre because you can do it for super cheap and super quickly, yeah. um, and that involves the digital revolution. And I'm I'm glad that more and more people can make horror very quickly and have been incredibly uh, creative with it in the digital world. If we want to roll back to things like um, Twenty Eight Days Later, yeah. which is completely shot on uh, mini DV yeah. and purposely looks grainy and right. crappy because it's supposed to be uh hyper real for 2002 but right. um you know with the 
with most horror, I like to see it on film because of that. I don't that know grit that film grit. Yeah, and there's a there's there's just a little bit of a little bit more tangibility to it. Like the effects seem I like uh, smoother is is, it is definitely yeah. noticeable because it doesn't have all that digital noise or any yeah. sort of like if it looks too crisp, right? Yeah. It's sort of like when you watch the watch a sitcom with the motion blur on yeah. on your TV. Just, it's it just like this looks too real. Looks uncanny. Yeah, I went. I saw. I took my dad to see uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, the anniversary release of it. Oh, nice. Nice. And it was a four K restoration and it's like dude this thing was filmed on i think 16 millimeter maybe originally like it wasn't even 35 millimeter now you guys have blown it up and cleaned it up so much that the digital noise at the theater was ridiculous it was yeah almost hard to watch because you know it was a grainy movie to begin with now you know this computer or whatever is trying to recreate yeah this grain and you would you're sitting there watching a still you know or or practically still you're watching this you're watching uh rooker's shirt just like move you know (laughs) because (laughs) he's sitting in a stagnant room and it's just like the computer's working overtime so yeah there's sometimes where it's great and there's other times where it's it's just too much just to bring it back around to carpenter yeah Mm. Um, yeah i have a question to ask you guys to cut you off tom oh yeah go ahead would you read sutter kane would i read sutter kane um with the risk knowing of going you know now yeah probably <laughs> i would yeah just out of you curiosity yeah well i got my i got enough mental you got the devil and the angel on your shoulder yeah. i i love the character of sutter kane uh because he's this amalgam of uh lovecraft and stephen king in a world where stephen king exists yeah. like yeah. they name drop stephen <laughs> like, king forget stephen king even yeah. though sutter kane is like clearly supposed to sound like stephen king yeah same fucking same initials right yeah yeah, and uh, uh, it's just so ridiculous. But I, I love it. I love the idea of this uh, of this magical kind of author that can that's like just bringing in the monsters of of elder gods and all this kind of stuff. That's really really odd. And um, you know, when it comes to H.P. Lovecraft adaptations, this might be, despite not being an adaptation of H.P. Lovecraft, it's like about H.P. Lovecraft. It's it's one of the lowest, most Lovecraftian movies out there, even in a world where stuff like uh, you know Stuart Gordon, Gordon and Brian Usna's collaborations exist, like uh, Reanimator, which is literally an adaptation from Beyond, which is an adaptation. I think they did Dagon, um, which is not an adaptation of Dagon, but of uh, I want to say the Dunwich Horror, but it's a again it's H.P. Lovecraft. Those are all great, but I felt like this was capturing lovecraft like the idea of lovecraft and what is lovecraftian better than anything i've ever seen it's so good i'm so i'm so thankful <clears throat> i'm sorry sam neil uh i'm so grateful that you uh showed it to me tom because it's become like one of my favorite movies to just put on and watch and so and also thank you chris for yeah. bringing this to people at the best theater in the city yeah no it's gonna be great now, we, so, something we got to mention is that you will have a, a, a prior to the screening there's going to be some metal going on this time they're, they've got altar sponsoring their um mo- their midnights mm-hmm. so they're going to have a short film i believe oh really ahead of time yeah fantastic so that's how they're doing this one um in the future, yeah, I've got. I've already talked to. Uh, I've got a oozing wound video uh, oh, in the yeah. banks. They've already sent me over. So the dudes from Oozing Wound have been cool. Uh, 
I, well, I, they're spectacular. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you like their new record? Oh yes, very much. So. <laughs> Tween shitbag. I yeah. saw that. <laughs> that was, that's the video. Awesome. That's the video. Oh really? Yeah. Fuck yeah. So they sent me over the, the adult swim video. Yeah. They sent yeah. me that video over. So awesome. that's in the wings for next time. Um, I had to unfortunately put that email out yesterday. Like ah, it's a little cramped for time. Uh, but yes, I, I that video is ready to go. Um, but right now I think they're having uh, alter. Uh, do like short films. That's, okay. So a short film from them will start uh, right at uh, movie time, and that will play out, and then we'll start in the mouse. Great. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Um, but prior to all that stuff, we will have Greg again, uh, Metal Vinyl Weekend, uh, yeah. DJing in the bar and the lounge area. Uh, he starts at 10. Uh, Floyd's will be there again. So we're going to have, uh, I know we got Gumball Head and cans, and I think a few beers uh, tap as well. Spectacular. So, awesome. I, I mean, I love, I love Three Floyd's. Um, I love that they're like heavy metal themed. I love them. I love them. Yeah. I love Lamp. Uh, Lamp. Yeah. So, uh, when, you know, metal DJ, which is awesome. Uh, I, I would say we're all pretty good, pretty big fans of metal here. I definitely say so. Yeah. You like metal? I would say so. I think yes. Chris Chris likes <laughs> Chris metal. Yeah, if I, mean, I wasn't, I'd be a real bad poser. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, did you go to Riot Fest this past I did. Weekend? Yes. Dude, Slayer? Slayer. I, I went to the. Sa- I was there Saturday. Slayer! For sure. Um, yeah. I was there for Guar, Slayer. Oh, and speaking of Guar, we had the shout-out from... Uh, uh, from them? Yes. Sub- yeah. Destructo. Hell yeah. Yeah. And then uh, also, uh, I think you guys are friends with... Uh, friendly with Mike Vanderbilt. He yeah. Got to, he got to interview him, which was pretty awesome. Feed, feed them a lord. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but yeah, definitely... Uh, yeah, I was there Saturday. Yeah, I can't miss it. And I'm also going to Slayer and Moline. Uh, I, I, I kind of want to just get the tickets and just do it. Because... Uh, I mean, it's this is our last, conceivably our last chance. Probably not. They'll come back yeah. at some point, but who knows? No, but they were so good. Yeah, I oh, couldn't yeah. believe it. How like honestly, how far and away it was the best show of the two days that I went. That's I mean, I love the Flaming Lips, and they were really good. But and there's like nothing wrong with their performance. But I'd never seen. I don't know the just the production of Slayer and just how the com. The combination of how jacked up the crowd was. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I, I got I got misty eyed walking, you know, getting further out just because I seen people in like Blink One Eighty Two shirts and who know, you know, whatever, like just rocking out to Slayer. And it's like yeah. this, this would this would have never happened. Yeah. If yeah. it wasn't for Riot Fest and you know just yeah, just people being cool and being open to different stuff and mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, I was walking I'm, as I'm. Getting myself, peeling myself out of the pit area to try to, you know, uh, not get beat up so much. I just turn around. I just see all these people enjoying it. It's like you would, who would never typically you would think would be at a Slayer show. Yeah. yeah. I think Slayer is uh, significantly more popular than people would ever imagine. Um, especially with the image that they have, yeah. With some of the, with some of like people, I, you know, sometimes I think people don't understand what they're shooting for, like. Tran- the like the transgressive nature of their imagery is like on purpose yeah and not condoning anything but and they are kind of like idiots so they just they, i mean they've said some dumb things i saw them at riot fest a couple years ago and yeah. they i don't know that was like when they said some stupid shit about millennials or whatever but yeah they're just old they're old dudes but they yeah, fucking Gary rip to stupid shit every day but <laughs> yeah he's Tom so Tom Tom sounds not so bad who tom says dumb stuff too, he says but. some dumb stuff he's he's interesting i did not know he was uh i knew he was chilean i did not know he was born in chile uh he was apparently born in chile because i was always like how did this dude hook up with like these these random white guys like <laughs> like what are you doing hanging out with these gringos man? that's the that's the power of music it's the power of music carrie king like sometimes 
they they just seem kind of like libertarians, which is like yeah. whatever. It's whatever. I'm not I'm not here to hear them uh, espouse their political views. I'm here to listen to them fucking rip. Yeah, just don't follow their Instagram. Be yeah, just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> be all good. Just listen. You'd to the never records. know. You'd never yeah. know if you yeah. other than Gary's uh, uh, No Lives Matter shirts and whatever yeah. else he's yeah. wearing. Yeah, that sounds. But about it's right. like. Uh, I really hope you're just representing the uh, the pro death movement. No, yeah, that, yeah, well, exactly that or the uh, body count song. Uh, oh you know, my god! You know, like if you're down with iced tea, we're all good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just um, being a dick, then. Chris, uh, what what would you say? Uh, how how metal is in the mouth of madness? I'd say pretty metal. It starts off. I mean, def- that opening track's pretty rocky. Yeah, I, I was pretty surprised. I I had completely forgotten about it. Uh, yeah, bunch of crazy, you know demon-like creatures coming at you people's heads turning around if, if it were a spider walk if it were a subgenre of metal what subgenre do you think it would be where, where would you put this one like do, uh, i don't know if it's thrash no it's not uh, thrash. it's probably prog y- yeah prog metal there we go <laughs> yeah 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 because <laughs> yeah. 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 it slows down picks up gets thrashy for you know it's a different you know mixture of all of them which prog can be at times you know yeah so. It's never, never just one thing. Never just one thing. No, it's it's metal that can that a keyboard still sounds good in. Yeah. yeah, it's like kind of cheesy, but despite the cheese, it's still fucking awesome. I oh think. yeah, no, it's great. It's great. Yeah. All right, in the mouth of madness, September twenty eighth. Uh, it's a Saturday over at the Music Box Theater, big theater, big main theater. theater. I'm I'm very excited. We want to pack that theater because this is. You think it's in the small theater? Get that shit out of nope. here. We're going so we big. got 700 seats to fill. Yeah, 700 seats. Bring your families. Yeah, bring the kids. Yep, they're gonna love it. Uh, there's gonna be some awesome short films. There's gonna be some metal DJing going on starting at 10. Be some beers. Showtime is uh, midnight. Yep. All right. I, I love the midnight movie. I love the midnight movie scene. It's the best way to watch movies. Uh, Chris Larkin, thank, thank you, you so much. Um, we also we also have a a little surprise here. We've got a pair of tickets to give away for Metal Movie Nights. So this is what you're going to do. Uh, you're going to head on over to our Facebook or Instagram or Instagram. We're going to throw a post up there to win a pair of tickets to go see In the Mouth of Madness at the Music Box September 28th. But here's the catch: you got to comment the most metal movie of all time. What what is your most metal movie of all time? We're going to choose someone out of that. Uh, we'll, we'll probably confer with Chris. We'll be like, hey, Chris, is this metal enough? And if Chris says it's metal enough, you're going to get two tickets to go see In the Mouth of Madness on 35 millimeter at the Music Box. So uh, keep a lookout for that. It's going to be Facebook and Instagram. You win those tickets. It's going to be great. Uh, Chris, thank you so much, as always. Yeah, thank you for having me. And we will see you at Metal Movie Nights. Uh, this has been No Coast Cinema here on WGM Plus, your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago. I am Tom Hush. And I'm Connor Cornelius. And we will talk to you all next time.